0: Welcome to Claring Candid with Steph. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Claring Candid with Steph. How are you guys doing? Hope you guys are coping well with quarantine. It's always important to take time out to cleanse yourself, cleanse your mind, continually take time out for yourself and every day more and more becoming the purest most authentic form of yourself because i mean that's all we can do and continue to pray and you know keep you know being on our grind um so today's episode i'm really excited for today's episode because today marks the beginning of a new series on this podcast which is going to be titled steph's book club and basically on this on the special episode the Steph's book club episode i will basically share a book that i've been enjoying i've been reading i maybe i'm reading it currently or i finished reading it and i just want to share my thoughts so far with you guys what i feel about the book what i like or what i dislike about the book if there's anything i feel maybe should have been changed or anything like that and then i'm going to read a chapter of the book just one so if you want to hear more you have to get the book (laughs) so um before we get into this please obviously make sure you spread the love make sure you share um like share to your friends stream 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 We're on our way to 100 streams and 100 followers you know 100 100 so please 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 continue to you know show that love because it's that love that's going to get us 100 and even more so um without further ado let's get into this episode So chapter 1, the title of the first chapter is Breaking God's Palm Sunday. I'm going to try to say this in the most soothing voice I can. (laughs) So I read. Things started to fall apart at home when my brother Jaja did not go to communion. And Papa flung his heavy all across the room, and broke the figurines on the étagère. <coughs> Sorry, we had just returned from church. Mama placed the fresh palm fronds, which were wet with holy water, on the dining table, and then went upstairs to change. Later, she would knot the palm fronds into sagging cross shapes and hang them on the wall beside our gold-framed family photo. They would stay there until next Ash Wednesday when we would take the front to church to have them burned for ash. Papa, wearing a long gray robe like the rest of the Oblates, helped distribute ash every year. His line moved the slowest because he pressed hard on each forehead to make a perfect cross with his ash-covered thumb and slowly, meaningfully, enunciated every word of dust and unto dust you shall return papa always sat in the front pew for mass at the end beside the middle aisle with mama jaja and me sitting next to him he was first to receive communion most people did not kneel to receive communion at the marble altar with the blonde life-size virgin mary mounted nearby But Papa did he would hose he would hold his eyes shut so hard that his face tightened into a grimace and then he would stick his tongue out as far as it could go afterward he sat back on his seat and watched the rest of the congregation troop to the altar palms pressed together and extended like a saucer held sideways just as father Benedict had taught them to do even though Father Benedict had been at Saint Agnes for seven years, people still referred to him as our new priest. Perhaps they would not have if he had not been white. He still looked new. The colors of his face, the colors of condensed milk and a cut open, and a cut open sausop, had not tanned at all in the fierce heat of seven Nigerian hamattans. And his British nose was still as pinched and as narrow as it always was the same nose that had me worried that he did not get enough air when he first came to Enugu. Father Benedict had changed things in the parish such as insisting that the Credo and Kyrie be recited only in Latin. Igbo was not acceptable also hand clapping was to be kept at a minimum lest the solemnity of mass be compromised but he allowed offertory songs in Igbo he called them native songs and when he said native his straight line lips turned down at the corners to form an inverted U during his sermons Father Benedict usually referred to the Pope Papa and Jesus in that order he used papa to illustrate the gospels when we let our light shine before men we are reflecting christ's triumphant entry he said that palm sunday look at brother eugene he could have chosen to be like other big men in this country he could have decided to sit at home and do nothing after the coup to make sure the government did not threaten his business but no He used the standard to speak the truth, even though it meant the paper lost advertising. Brother Eugene spoke up for freedom. How many of us have stood up for the truth? How many of us have reflected the triumphant entry? The congregation said, yes, or God bless him, or amen, but not too loudly so they would not sound like the mushroom Pentecostal churches. Then they listened intently, quietly. Even the babies stopped crying as if they, too, were listening. On some Sundays, the congregation listened closely, even when Father Benedict talked about things everybody already knew about Papa making the biggest donations to Peter's pens and St. Vincent de Paul. Or about Papa paying to the cartons of communion wine for the new ovens at the convent where the reverend sisters baked the host, for the new wing to St. Agnes Hospital where Father Benedict gave extreme unction. And I would sit with my knees pressed together next to Jaja, trying hard to keep my face blank to keep the pride from showing because Papa said modesty was very important. Papa himself would have a blank face when I looked at him, the kind of expression he had in the photo when they did the big story on him after Amnesty World gave him a human rights award. It was the only time he allowed himself to be featured in the paper. His editor Ade Koka had insisted on it, saying Papa deserved it, saying Papa was too modest. Mama told me and Jaja Papa did not tell such things. That black look would remain on his face until Father Benedict ended the sermon, until there was time for communion. After Papa took communion, he sat back and watched the congregation walk to the altar. And after mass reported to Father Benedict with concern when a person missed communion on two successive Sundays. He always encouraged Father Benedict to call and win that person back into the fold. Nothing but mortal sin would keep a person away from communication two Sundays in a row. So when Papa did not see Jaja go to the altar that Palm Sunday when everything changed, he banged his leather-bound missile with the red and green ribbons peeking out down on the dining table when we got home. The table was glass, heavy glass. It shook as did the palm fronds on it. Jaja, you did not go to communion, Papa said quietly, almost a question. Jaja stared at the missile on the table as though he were addressing it. The wafer gives me bad breath. I stared at Jaja. Had something come loose in his head? Papa insisted we call it the host because host came close to capturing the essence, the sacredness of Christ's body wafer was too secular wafer was what well one of papa's factories made chocolate wafer banana wafer what people bought their children to give them a treat better than biscuits and the priest keeps touching my mouth and he nauseates me Jaja said he knew i was looking at him that my shocked eyes begged him to seal his mouth but he did not look at me it is the body of our lord Papa's voice was low, very low. His face looked swollen already, with pus-taped rashes spreading across every inch, but it seemed to be swelling even more. You cannot stop receiving the body of our Lord. It is death, you know that. Then I will die. Fear had darkened Jaja's eyes to the colour of tar, but he looked Papa in the face now. Then I will die, Papa. Papa looked around the room quickly as if searching for proof that something had fallen from the high ceiling, something he had never thought would fall. He picked up the missile and flung it across the room towards Jaja. It missed Jaja completely, but it hit the glass etagere, which Mama polished often. It cracked the top shelf, swept the beige finger-sized ceramic figurines of ballet dancers in various contorted postures to the hard floor and they landed after them or rather it landed on their many pieces it lay there a huge leather bound missile that contained the readings for all three cycles of the church year so i'm going to stop there because like it's it's quite long i think to it's not even like a chapter it's like a part so i think there's part one and i think i think there's three parts to the story and like one part is almost like a hundred pages so um and this is at page 15 so um but i think even from the first pages you can already tell that this man is definitely a man of influence a man of high position in the society respected in church and even outside church because of his life businesses and um, you and you can tell that they are not suffering like they live in a good home they might not have they're not the richest people in the world but they are very comfortable like they are just like their average so um and you can tell that this lady that is describing it in the first person who is Kambili, looks at her father like nothing he does is wrong even when it is like she can't even do something because she said that oh papa always says that this is that this is that so the beginning of insubordination started with jaja jaja is my favorite character in the book because he was just a savage he didn't even really talk that much but you could tell when he wanted to disrespect i'm not saying it's good to be insubordinate but when it was for the right cause he did it anyway so um basically jaja did not want to go for communion and i know i'm not a catholic so i don't know much about it but i know that even as a pentecostal communion is very important so for catholics communion would be very very important and um he said that he didn't want to take it because he felt like the biscuit was disgusting and like the priest was always touching his mouth and it was bugging him and um, it caused his father to be so enraged that he threw stuff at him and it missed him but he broke their mom's you know figurines and statues that she was always that she always took her time to polish um i'm going to stop there because the book is so interesting when you read about kambili's relationships how she discovers new cultures new ways new ways of interacting with people than just people from her class quote-unquote um so this is basically my honest review on purple hibiscus um Chimamanda has anything from Chimamanda is always going to be you know a smash hit. so i'm not really surprised um but this is all i can say i've read the whole book so i'm just reading a small part and <laughs> the end is the, is the funniest part because The way his you know downfall occurs is by the least person that you would expect would do that but it is so the moral the i'm not going to spoil anything but the moral of this whole novel is don't use your stature because you're in a high face of society don't be oppressing people or using that as an excuse to to abuse people emotionally, physically, psychologically, sexually, don't use that because, at the end of the day, both of you are um, the people who you're insulting and the people that helped you get to where you are that played a part that might not have been the biggest part, but they played a part in getting you to where you are. So, um, don't use your power or your status in the society or in the community to lash out at someone. That's just that's just no good at all so um this is my first episode first step book club review episode i hope you guys enjoyed it um until my next episode make sure you stay clean stay safe i remember that jesus loves you very much um keep streaming keep streaming on the way to hundred hundred. 100 so keep streaming keep following keep sharing and um i'll see you guys next time bye